Well, we've reached All-Star Weekend tonight, Friday night. We just had the skills competition wrap up. I'm going to do a little bit of a recap on that and you know, touch on how both Tristan Jari and Jake Gensler did give my full thoughts on a couple of the other things surrounding the NHL tonight. And then, you know, also go into, you know, the All-Star format for this this weekend's game before, you know, the Penguins will be back in action in just a few days in Boston against the Ruins. We're going to talk about all of that coming up for tonight's show. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy Friday evening. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're back on restream for this one. I apologize for doing the, that one through Zoom um, on Thursday with Jesse Marshall, though still a great conversation. I always love talking hockey with him. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go check it out. We do a full analysis of the first 40 41, 44, 46 games. Yeah, it's 46 um, at this point. You go into a whole bunch of topics surrounding the Penguins. Um, but for today's episode, as I said in the intro, going to touch on the skills competition, give my thoughts on some of the new um, formats that they use. Also going to go into what's the All-Star game, which, you know, it's basically the same three-on-three tournament. Um, but to start things off, uh, Jake Ensel, um, I, honestly, I thought he had it. Um, hits the first two bottom ones. I'm like, okay, he's, he's doing record pace here. Gets the, the first top shelf one on the left side. I'm like, okay, if he can get this one, he'll win it because he had plenty of time um, going into that fourth one. Just misses it above the pipe. Um, I believe he hit the crossbar, goes over, and then the next one he hits it, goes top cheese, and he finishes with 12 seconds. Sebastian Ajo won it with 10.9. So Jake got second place. But, man, I mean, I mean, I hope this shows more people around the league just how great of a shooter Jake is. I know it's just a fun competition, but, I mean, just watch how he was able to pick those corners with ease. And, you know, I think, again, people around the league should see, like, you know what, we're all seeing as Penguins fans and, you know, especially when I do this podcast, it's like, yeah, I mean, this is one of the top five pure shooters in the league. And, you know, he doesn't just do this when there's an empty net. I mean, he does this basically on a nightly basis at this point. So just awesome to see him shine in that competition. I wish he won it because, you know, it would have been a cool interview, I think on Sportsnet, you know, shout out to Sebastian Ajo. Um, He had a better time, but, you know, if Jake would have hit that last shot um, before he hit it the second time, um, Jake 100% would have won that competition. Um, as for Tristan Jari, so he participated in the uh, save competition. I know, I think in the past, Marc-Andre Fleury has been there, and he's done pretty good with that. I believe he won, actually, one of those years. Um, Jari only saved, I think, two of the six breakaways, two or three of the six breakaways that he faced. You know, I, I know there, obviously there's going to be some jokes about that on, so, on social media and all that other stuff, but, I mean, it, it's just cool seeing him there, you know, in all honesty. You know, he's just had a great regular season and, you know, he's being rewarded for that, for, for you know, just being at the All-Star game. And this is the second time that he has been there as well. So um, nice to see him there. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's a breakaway competition. You know, he's had his struggles and shootouts, even though he's improved along the way, but, you know, wasn't able to bring it home. Um, I believe Andre Vasilevsky got the shared title um, for that one. Um, as for some of the other competitions, I'll give you my thoughts on that. 
really do not understand how Trevor Zegers did not win the breakaway competition. Alex Petrangelo had two attempts. So in case anyone that is listening did not watch, he basically, this was a Hilm cooking win, by the way, but comes in, misses the net, and then brings out the Vegas Golden Knights band. He taps the drums on a few of them, and then comes in again for a second breakaway, misses the net, and then he still gets 64 points to win. But no, we're not going to give it to Trevor Zegris, who put a blindfold over his eyes, comes in, doesn't even know where he is, does a spin fires the puck past the goalie, and somehow that doesn't get more points than Alex Petrangelo. I mean, it's just, that is honestly the most NHL thing in the world. And I, I, I'm honestly like not even joking about that because, you know, I know it doesn't mean anything and, you know, it, it's silly, but how are you not going to reward one of the best younger players in the league for something so cool and skillful like that, but you're just going to give it to Alex Petrangelo because the event is in Vegas. It's just, you know, I, I, I saw so many tweets on social media. Um, you know, even Pete Blackburn, you know, he wins the Petrangelo wins the breakaway challenge without scoring a goal when Trevor Zegers scored one of the coolest showman goals I've ever seen in my life. Yep, cool event. I mean, it just, you know, like I said, it, it goes to show how I, I guess I, they, some of the play, other players even said it, it's rigged. You know, it basically was. I think um, one of the judges had a little Muppet next to him and um, they had a combined score of 19. There you go. There, there's your winner. Um, right there. Jack Hughes, his was pretty cool too. I honestly, if it weren't for Petrangelo, you know, I wouldn't have maybe have minded if Jack Hughes won because, you know, he kind of did like an abra, abracadabra kind of thing where he tapped his stick on like this, this huge, you know, thing that was on the ice. Little mini Jack Hughes comes out just kind of like a magician and then does a beautiful deke, tosses his stick into the crowd, just like the real Jack Hughes does. I mean, they both did it actually at the same time. And, you know, that actually vaulted Hughes ahead of Zegris for a short amount of time. That's, that breakaway challenge was probably the best one I've ever seen. And, you know, I've been watching these skills competitions for, you know, as long as I can remember. They're always a lot of fun. You know, I think it's probably the best thing the NHL does at the skills competition. Um, but this one, again, you know, I think this took the kick even if Alex Petrangelo, um for some reason, won. Um, really did not understand that. But, you know. It was it was cool to see all the judges and that kind of stuff. It it kind of reminded me of the NBA dunk contest in a way that they always do, where you know you have the celebrity guests when you know with the, with the tens and the nines and all that. And you know that there were some you know Paul Coffey was one of the judges. He was hard to sway. I think in a few of those. I think even the Trevor Zegers one, for some reason he gave him a nine. I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here, Paul? Um, if that doesn't give you get a ten, you should probably not be allowed to vote. Um, ever again on one of those, um, at least in my opinion. So I didn't really know what the hell Paul was doing there. I'm gonna say the least, but you know, that that was a lot of fun. Some of the other competitions though, um, the 21 and 22 outside with what was it, Matthews, Stamkos, Joe Pavelski, Nazem Kadri, Bla- uh, Brady Kachuk. Um, that's an event I don't think they need to bring back. Um, that's the first time they're doing it. And, and I applaud the NHL for trying new things, you know, keep keeps it going and all that. Um, it, it was just kind of weird. I mean, I, I think it dragged on for too long, um, at least in my opinion, while I was watching it. And I mean, you know, it, and sure, it's a cool competition, but, you know, I, I think that should be a one-time thing just because, well, they're in Vegas, for God's sake. So um, if they were to not bring back that back, I'd be totally fine with that. 
Um, hardest shot. You know, I know some people are kind of over that. I love the hardest shot competition. You know, I remember, you know, being a kid or being a teenager, really, and just, you know, watching Shea Weber blast a 120 mile per hour slap shot every freaking time he was in it uh, and just flat out owning people. You know, same with Zendane Chara. He would blast one around that speed too, if not more. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's just, that was always the highlight of my, you know, younger teenage years when I would tune in. Um, so I've always had just, you know, it, that, that one's always just meant a lot to me. And, you know, tonight Victor Hedman won. I'm not really surprised just because he has a cannon of a shot. And I, I mean, put it that on my social media. So, you know, good for him. Fastest skater. I, I always love that one too. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I wish that, you know, a, a couple, one of the other players would have won. I, I wish honestly still McDavid would have won it. Um, ha- had he done it. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you got to change it up a few times. Um, it was really cool to see Jordan Cairo win uh, for the first time. He was just flying all over the ice there. Um, this was the first time as well that ESPN did the skills competition. So it was pretty good. Honestly, you know, I liked the coverage that they had. I think it blew away NBC's um, from the previous, you know, decade, decade and a half that they had the rights. So um all in all, I thought it was excess, you know, maybe a little bit rigged in one of the competitions, but you know, all the other competitions, you know, the fan favorites that were back, um, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. And of course, you know, there was the one, um, if I can find this here, um, real quick, um, yeah, Jacqueline Lemoreau Davidson, um, just the fountain face off. She absolutely owned everyone there. Um, shout out to her. Um, she was just, um, incredible with that one. I, I loved watching that one. If they could do that in every city that they host it, um, sign me up. You know, I, I would love if the NHL would keep doing something like that. And, you know, just hopefully next time, you know, um, they bring another woman out there, you know, maybe Amanda Kessel, Brianna Decker, if she gets healthy and, you know, she, they, they both can kick everyone's asses um, as well. So that'll wrap up this first segment of the skills competition. Again, huge fan of it. Um, I'm sure they'll probably add some new stuff for the next cities ones. Um, but, you know, I still really like it. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into um, more, of what, more of what to expect for the All-Star game tomorrow. You know, some of the format, you know, the teams, of course. And, you know, some of the uh, the news that came out from the NHL today as well from Commissioner Gary Bettman. A lot of it was kind of, you know, I guess really bad. Um, I think in a way, you know, I'm going to touch on that coming up later on in the show. But before we do that, this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but it's not this year as well. You know, I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of the best Bilt Bars of all time. Puffs, puffs excuse me, are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They are marshmallow. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And, of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate all Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs are included with that. They are low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are much better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of nut carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and all new flavors are coming out all the time. Remember, you can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO 
underscore penguins. So, you know, remember, so the NHL All-Star Game format. So this will be 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, you know, a little earlier um, in the afternoon um, in Vegas. So remember, since 2016, the All-Star Game, it's been a four-team tournament, you know, three games being played to usually decide the winner. It's always split between the Metro, Atlantic, Pacific, and the Central. Um, it's It's been three-on-three, three, 20 minutes for each contest. Um, it's going to be the same for this one. So I'm excited to see what Jake Gensel can do there. It's unfortunate that Sidney Crosby is not going to be in this. It, it honestly just feels weird because I know he had a little bit of a slow start, but I still think Sid should have gone just because, I mean, how are you promoting the game of hockey if one of the five best players in the league is not there? You know, Alex Ovechkin was going to be there, but, you know, he got COVID, you know, best wishes to him, hopefully. Um he is, all, he is all right and recovers just fine. Um, it's just kind of frustrating that neither of those two players are there. Um, I know, again, I know one of them was going to be there, but, you know, why couldn't you have invited both, um, I think, as well. You know, Brian Russ, I think he was snubbed as well. He's over a point per game right now. Chris Letang uh, for the Penguins, too. Um, definitely a little frustrating. And, you know, Letang has always played well um, in the three-on-three games. You know, I, forget, I think a few years ago um, he had quite a few goals. Um, during that competition, you know, him, he would always feed Sid and, you know, Sid would always feed Ovechkin. Um, so I, I always loved seeing their bromance at multiple all-star games just because you know how good, good of friends I think they are um, this day and age. So it is unfortunate that both of them are not there. So remember 3 PM Eastern tomorrow, you will be able to watch the all-star game, uh, three games, um, 20 minute games. And then, you know, the two winners, um, the first two games, uh, you know, they will square off in the championship and then they will decide who wins. And then, you know, the winner always goes home with a crap ton of cash and everything like that. And then, you know what? All-Star Weekend is over Sunday. You know, teams are probably back at practice. And then, you know, Monday um, as well. And then, you know, of course, the Penguins are back in action on Tuesday against the Bruins. So that just goes in. I just wanted to go into the All-Star format, you know, let if people that are new to this podcast or new to hockey um, somehow you know, just how it works and all that, you know. Um, it, it's all, it, I, I honestly am a decent fan of it. I never used to watch the all-star game because it wasn't fun. I mean, you, you had five on five a little bit, four on four, but like they just, they didn't make it like skillful. I think is the thing I'm trying to say when they changed it to three on three, six years ago, it became more skillful. It became more fun. Now I actually set time out of my day to watch it because, you know, it's decently fun and, and you know, it, it, it hooks more casual fans into it. I'm glad that the NHL decided to make that change for the All-Star game. You know, I think that All-Star festivities are fine. Um, I think it's still annoying, of course, that they had to have it this weekend when, you know, players should have been, uh, you know, bashing for the Olympics. But, you know, that's that's the discussion for another day. You know, speaking of the Olympics, though, um, players are still expected to go in 2026. And it sounds like, according to Pierre Lebrun, that there is going to be a World Cup of Hockey potentially in 2024. So we could see our first real um, international competition since 2016 with NHL players. That's just, and that's, and that's, that's crazy to think about too. Because remember, they didn't go in 2018. Um, and there wasn't even a pandemic there. It was just because the NHL was just being stupid. Um, this year, they were supposed to go, of course, COVID 19 got in the way. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, I'm not usually that high on a World Cup of hockey, but, you know, I remember the last one, Team North America was so much fun, but, you know, it, it just, it actually shielded me from hating the U.S. team because they were so bad at building that team. They had freaking Jack Johnson and Brandon Dubinsky on it, for God's sakes, when there was so much elite talent in the league or in this country at the time. So um, if that happens in a couple of years, definitely excited for that just because that's probably going to be one of the best international competitions um, the NHL has seen in some time. And as well, you know, it's going to grow the game. 
as well. Um, there are some other notes from Gary Bettman today um, during his State of the League address. So Carolina, the Hurricanes are going to get a stadium series game next year down at NC State's football stadium. Um, apparently, Don Waddle of the Hurricanes said he's going to find out his opponent in the next 60 days. If I recall correctly, um, um, I, I, I believe the Penguins were supposed to have an outdoor game Um against the penguins but it i think it got postponed or canceled um i'm pretty positive at least so i would be curious to see if pittsburgh plays them in this one though they did say carolina that is they said it was probably going to be against a rival if i had to guess it's probably going to be washington just because those two teams have not liked each other since they played in the playoffs a few years ago though i would like to see a penguins hurricanes outdoor game it's been a little bit since the penguins played an outdoor game i mean i guess four years though i also kind of think you know i would never really go to an outdoor game even though the penguins have played in so many of them it just it looks like a miserable time, at least in my opinion, because A, you're so far away from the actual rink, and B, it's just so freaking cold outside during that time of year in Pittsburgh. Why would you want to freeze your tail off watching a game from so far away when I can watch it from the comfort of my house, drinking a nice beer, having some nice snacks? I mean – that's just me speaking. I understand why people want to go. It's an experience of a lifetime, but I mean, I just don't think, you know, what you're paying for, you know, is worth it just because you really can't see anything. And you probably have to wait like five or 10 seconds before you actually see the puck go into the net. So um, definitely, I guess a little bit interesting. Um, there, the Boston Bruins will be hosting the winter classic um, next year. I don't really know who that's going to be against. If I had to make a guess though, it's probably the Rangers. And then, you know, Gary Bettman just had to be, a complete moron when it comes to um, the Chicago Blackhawks situation. Um, he said you know, he's not going to punish Rocky Wirtz for saying the other night that they're not going to talk about 2010 in the most um, disdained way possible. Uh, I think Taylor Haas of BK Pittsburgh Sports had an even uh, more jarring tweet from Batman during his press conference. And if, if I can find this here um, real quick, I had this pulled up. Um, if I can just get this here real quickly yeah so um all right this is i'm I'm gonna yeah here it is so batman characterized it as an outburst due to the frustration that the organization has after what happened to that franchise because of kyle beach and with kyle beach that is how he worded it he said he said it was an outburst due to what has happened to that franchise because of kyle beach and with Kyle Beach. And it just goes to show he doesn't give a flying crap about any of this. He's a mouthpiece to the owners. And, you know, if he wanted to instill change in the NHL, he would. But you know what? He doesn't care. He never has cared. It's an embarrassment to the league. I will always say this about the NHL. It is the best sport in the worst league. And the fact that, you know, even the commissioner in the NHL is, is not saying the right thing, you know, when it comes to just sexual assault and all this stuff. It's just, it's disheartening if you're a hockey fan. You know, I just, I, I don't really know why the NHL just has to be so tone deaf about this, you know, time and time again. And, you know, hockey is never going to change as long as someone like this is in position of power. And, you know, Kyle Beach did nothing wrong. And, you know, I just, I don't understand why 
Batman and then Rocky were just has to be an idiot. You know, he had, he had made that little apology the other night and it was just like, okay, man. Yeah. You obviously wrote that up in about three minutes and didn't really give a flying crap about it. So um, I'm just, I'm just kind of numb to it at this point. Um, you know, it's just, it, it makes me sick. Um, I, I think to say the least, um, but still a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked on Penguins. Going to go into a look ahead for Pittsburgh coming up as the All-Star break. Um, you know, it'll be up after tomorrow. And, you know, just going to maybe do some second half full predictions um, as well. But, but before we get to that, BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet has been online where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So time for Bold Predictions Part 2. Um, you know, a couple of mine have not been, you know, good this year, especially with Jason Zucker. My Crystal Tang one, though, um, that's been hitting. Um, but I do have a couple in mind I'm going to share with you all. I think by the end of this, by the trade deadline, Kasperic happening, we're, we're going to go bold. He will not be a Penguin after the deadline. You know, I just think, you know, as each passing day goes, and I could easily be wrong on this, and, I, I'm, you know, if I am, I'll eat crow. Um, and I'll probably get old takes exposed by some of you all, but I think just you think as each passing day goes, I think Mike Sullivan just gets more tired with him because I don't think he knows what to do with this player. You know, I talked about with Jesse on Thursday's episode. He plays eight minutes on the fourth line, gets elevated to the Malkin line the next game, still doesn't do anything. And and you know, it, it stinks that Teddy Bluger and Jason Zucker hurt right now because <clears throat> excuse me, if both of them were healthy, um, is Kapanen even in the lineup? I mean, you could easily put, you know, Brian Boyle, you know, I wouldn't say in his spot on the second line, but you can play him in the lineup over Kapanen. I just, I think he needs a fresh start somewhere. And it pains me to say that just because of how much I like the player and I know how much he loves Pittsburgh and everything. But for whatever reason, it is not working out right now with the Penguins. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And, you know, he cost him the game against Washington. And, you know, I just... I, I, I'm afraid of what's going to happen, you know, later on in the season if he continues to cost this game, you know, to cost his team um, another game or two. So if he doesn't figure it out, um, I think he's gone by the deadline. Um, that's my first bold prediction. <clears throat> Excuse me for you all. Um, uh, my other one, I think Jake Ensel scores 45 plus. Um, I think he gets close to 50. Um, that is my second bold prediction for the second half. He's already close to 30 at this point. I mean, I know he has, um, you know, right, 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 right well. A little less than 40 games, but you know he's been one of the best goal scorers in the NHL this season. He was lighting up the league um, before he got a little banged up, but before you know he also had you know a little bit um, of a regression. But you know that's expected for any pure goal scorer in the league. But I think he's going to go 45 plus um, for the end of the season. Um, I just had one, but now it I, I totally lost it um, for whatever reason. Um, let me see. Oh, I think by the end of the season, you're going to see Mike Matheson get top, uh, top four minutes, and you're going to see John Marino start to get bottom-pairing minutes. Um, 
I don't know if that's necessarily a bold prediction. Maybe it's on the lesser side of bold, but with how Matheson is playing this year, um, this is the best season he's had. Underlying numbers-wise, he's top three among all Penguins defensemen and expected goals for, shot attempts for, scoring chances for, high danger chances for, any metric you look at. He is right up there at the top, if not you know, r- really close to the top. I've really enjoyed his game this year. And as for Marino, I think he is going to figure it out in some spots, but with how Matheson is playing, um, I think he deserves to get more ice time than John um, at this point, at least in my opinion. Um, I think for Evan Rodriguez, he is going to rediscover his scoring touch. I think he's going to get close to 25. He's going to end around 23 to 24 goals this season. Um, he's just been too cold for too long. He's getting the chances. The, the fact of the matter is the puck is not getting in the back of the net for him. Um, and you know, we saw that to a very high degree early on in the season where everything he touched was turning to gold. Now, you know, this is the highs and lows or the ebbs and flows, excuse me, of a regular season. You know, there was always going to be a little bit of a regression from him. He's already set his career high in both points and goals this season. So it was just a matter of, you know, how long is that going to continue? Obviously, you know, it's gone down a little bit, but I still think he's going to end with over 20 goals this season. I'm going to go with 23 to 24. As for where the Penguins will finish in the division, I think personally they'll get second. Um, I think they will leapfrog the Rangers at the end. I'm not a too big believer in them. I think Carolina is going to finish first, Pittsburgh second, Rangers third, Capitals fourth, and we'll get, I think we'll get probably an all-metro uh, first round and then an all Atlantic first round. So that is my bold prediction for the team finishes. And then for how far the team goes, bold prediction time. I think they win two rounds. They lose in the conference final. That's where I'm at today. I think they can beat any team in this division in a seven game series. You know, if they're playing, you know, the style of hockey that we've seen them play for a large chunk of the season, I am still really high on them. I know the team is on a four game losing streak, but you know what? Um, that's bound to end here. Sooner rather than later, I thought they rediscovered their game on Tuesday against Washington. It was just unfortunate um, that they lost that game. But that will do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. Penguins, again, are back in action next week, Tuesday against Boston. Then they go to Ottawa, and then they come home. For Monday's episode, I have a full game preview for that matchup against Boston. And then Tuesday, I have a full game recap for you all for that one. So hope you all enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the All-Star game on Saturday. And I will talk to you all on Monday.